Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. On today's episode, we are discussing Aaron's preseason AP Top 25 ballot and debating whether Michigan is a top five team in the Big Ten heading into 2021. Aaron, good to be with you. Still no Andrew. He's still on paternity leave, but I can report that he is doing well. We were able to get some twilight golf in yesterday to prepare for our uh, MP, MPA scramble here coming up on Thursday. He should be joining us again here in the next couple of weeks. Um, but today we have a lot to talk about. And I just, before we, I guess we dive into our discussion any further, I want to remind everyone about our Michigan football season kickoff event on August 26th. It's virtual, but Aaron, Andrew, and I will be talking about the upcoming season, taking your questions. There'll be cameo appearances from Jake Rudock and Jehu Chesson. Uh, we will be doing trivia with prizes, auctioning off signed Michigan football footballs with proceeds going to the Chad Tough Defeat DIPG Foundation. So it, it should be a fun night to, to get ready for the upcoming season. Yeah, and in fact, I think we've added uh, Mike Martin's been added to the lineup. He's going to be there in some capacity. And you mentioned the, the live auction. I think we've got signed signed stuff from Jim Harbaugh and Lloyd Carr as well up for, for grabs. So there's going to be a lot to, a lot to happen. It, like, like you said, it's free. Just go down live.com slash Wolverines uh, and you'll see like the banner ads on the side of the screen. Just click that and it'll take you to the page where you can get you, you can sign up for uh, your free tickets. Good deal. Yeah. W- looking forward to that and, and hopefully kind of meeting a few of you guys, I'll bet virtually, um, but should, should be a fun night. Season's right around the corner, uh, coming Labor Day weekend. Michigan will take down Western Michigan. But um, before we, before that, I mean, they have a few non-conference games before that, but we're kind of focusing on the Big Ten today. And I know you have sent in your first preseason AP Top 25 ballot, and you included five Big Ten teams on there, but Michigan was not one of them. Can you kind of take us through that process and, and where you kind of think Michigan stands heading into 2021? Yeah, the the whole crux of this podcast, the idea for it was was basically it came up yesterday, Tuesday, because I had to submit my AP ballot, uh, the AP top twenty five poll, the preseason poll, uh, set to come out next Monday. Um, I'm not supposed to divulge like my entire ballot, but I, I you know I will talk about certain things that I noticed you talking about. It. Obviously, Michigan wasn't on it. I, I don't, I, as I wrote on Twitter yesterday, I don't think there was a reason to put them on there. Um, but I found homes for five Big Ten teams. Um, Ohio State, obviously, uh, had the number two. Um, you can debate whether they're you know top four team, whatever. But I, I do think they're still one of the best in the country, regardless. And then I've got behind behind that, I've got Wisconsin at thirteen. I've got Indiana at sixteen. I've got Iowa at eighteen, uh, and maybe perhaps most controversial, and, and folks may take issue with it. And that's fine. Penn State at nineteen. Um, so that's that's five Big Ten teams, you know, in, in the coaches poll that came out Tuesday, that the, the actual coaches poll that came out, uh, Michigan was not in the top 25 of that either, um, but they did receive some votes. So there's some consideration that f- there were several folks that, that thought maybe they were, you know, on the cusp there. Um, but I, I, I wanted, you know, I kind of wrote on Twitter yesterday that obviously they turned it in and I mentioned the five Big Ten teams, but it, it kind of you know, spurred some conversation on whether Michigan really is a top five team in the Big Ten. At this point in, in time, I don't think they are. Some folks listening to this or on the outside may think otherwise. Um, but I, I think, you know, it puts Michigan in an interesting situation going into this fall. I mean, we, we've talked a lot about Michigan in the past, how they were, 
you know, they, they need to get over the hump. They need to win the Big Ten championship game. And I think for the first time in Jim Harbaugh's tenure since he's gotten here, as head coach, Michigan isn't really being talked about. They're flying under the radar. There's no consideration. They, you know, the, the Big Ten preseason media poll that came out uh, last month had Michigan fourth in the Big Ten East. Uh, to me, that puts them outside the top five of the Big Ten. I don't think they are, um, but I'm curious, you know, what, what you think. And, and not only that, but I, I want to have a conversation here on the Big Ten as, as a whole. Yeah, no, yeah, you, you brought up some good points. And the way I was kind of thinking about this when we talked about the, the topic is, how Michigan compares to some of these other teams. And right now it's just, I think they have way more question marks heading into the year than some of these other teams. I mean, it's really tough to tell where Michigan stands because there are just so many unknowns and a few things that I think Michigan needs to be a top five team in the big 10. And I mean, it's, it's asking a lot. I mean, first and foremost, they have to stay, stay healthy this year. Last year they were ravaged by injuries and opt outs, but this year they, they need to stay healthy, especially on defense I mean, it could be trouble if they have to dive deep into their depth chart again, especially at, at linebacker and cornerback. I think teams will be able to expose those positions, and it would be tough for Michigan to, to win those games if, if there's second and third strings having to, to be forced into big roles again this season. They, they need a steady quarterback play, and, I mean, we saw some spurts from Cade McNamara last year, but, I mean, he's still, he's still relatively unknown. Um, I mean, maybe it will be Alan Bowman if he has a good fall camp. Uh, I still think it's it's a long shot for, for J.J. McCarthy to get a lot of playing time early. But whoever is behind center, they, they need to be they, they need to distribute the football, not turn it over um, and, and come up with some some big plays. And then first and lastly, I think they need someone to emerge as a game breaker on offense. Yeah, they've had some some solid pieces on offense in recent years, but they haven't had anyone that's considered a, a top game breaker in college football. Uh, I don't know if that will, I mean, it's hard to guess who that might be, but maybe even like a, a Blake Corum kind of taking that next step in, in his career as a sophomore and, and emerging as this kind of lightning in a bottle option that can then hit a big play. I mean, at this point, I think what we get from Hassan Haskins, we already we already know. I don't think he has star potential, but I think he's a reliable back. Um, so the receivers, I think, I mean, uh, Cornelius Johnson showed flashes last year too. Um, but again, they need someone to really emerge as a, as a top option, and that, that that's asking a lot. So it, it will be at this point. Yeah, I agree with you. It's hard to say that they are a top five team when they still have a lot of question marks. I think Michigan's in a much state more stable position offensively than they were at this time going into last year. I think the quarterback position, assuming they go with the Cade McNamara out, I think is an upgrade from what Joe Milton brought last year. You know, Cade has shown an ability to move the offense and make the big play. And that was something they were missing last year. So I think that they're, they are going to get upgraded quarterback. Uh, the offensive line, as we've talked about, you know, a lot, they're, they're more stable, they're more experienced. So I think the offense is going to be fine. The question, she marks here with the defense and whether they can put together quickly and, and like you said, stay healthy and kind of gel and, and formulate this defense. And because and, I, I think at the end of the day, the defense is, is going to determine whether Michigan or not Michigan can or not stay in, stay in some of these games. I mean, if you look at their schedule, you know, open against Western Michigan, I, I think they win that game, but then week two, right off the bat, they got Washington at home. It's going to be a maze out. Michigan's announced it's a night game. It's going to be under the lights in prime time. That, that game, I think is really going to tell a lot about this team and, and where they go from here. 
you know, because they very well could start the year 4-0. I mean, it, it's it's a very real possibility if they can win that Washington game. Because week three is Northern Illinois, who's been really bad the last couple of years in the MAC, even from MAC standards. And then you open at home against Rutgers, a team they should beat. I mean, they beat them, obviously, in triple overtime last year in New Jersey. But, like, you know, assuming they're they're better offensively this year, they can, they can score more points and the like, it, I, I, there's no reason they should be able to beat Rutgers at home. Um, but then the schedule gets more difficult. You know, we, we've talked about this before. They have to go on the road at Wisconsin, a place they just ha- have had really a, a lot of trouble winning at, especially in the last couple of years. And then a road game, at, which I think is a coin flip in Nebraska. So right there, their first six games, they they could they could start four and two, or they could start three and three, or, or perhaps even worse, three and you know two and five, or three and three and three, you know two and four. So like. There's a lot to be gleaned from the first half of the season. And that's not, and that's not counting like what's going to happen with this defense. Because, you know, I've talked about in the past, it took when Josh Gannis came in as OC, it took them so long to get going. They were fumbling, they were turning the ball over. They were, you know, it was you could tell it wasn't um, clicking for them. They weren't, you know, gelling. You know, I have to assume, you know, Michigan's defense is going to have similar struggles this year. And I think that's where. Michigan is either going to surprise some folks this year and perhaps win. And, and I think there's, you know, we haven't gone into this much, but I, I, I think this is going to be a seven to five year. If you look at the schedule, I think a good year would be eight and four. And that's if this defense is, you know, is, is impressive. If they're playing better than they're expected, if they're making plays defensively, if they're causing havoc, they're, you know, causing turnovers and that's, what's going to decide this game. But, you know, the big 10 and we can get into this here in a minute, but I, I think is in a, much deeper position than they were last year. Yes, Ohio State's the runaway favorite. I still think they probably win the Big Ten Championship. They are my pick. Um, but it would not surprise me if, if they have a hiccup here or two, you know, here or there, lose a game, and it's the, the Big Ten East race is a lot closer than folks think. And that's not even talking about the West, where realistically speaking, I think you've got two, maybe three contenders over there. Yeah, no, and I, I think when you said seven, five, eight, and four, that's, that's kind of right uh, – about the numbers I was landing at too. The way I approach looking at their season, I mean, I would say they have a less than 30% chance of beating Ohio State and then both Wisconsin and Penn State on the road. I'm looking at Washington and Indiana kind of is 50-50 games. Um, so let's say they win one out of two of those. I mean, that's looking at four losses there. And yeah, like you said, the, the Northwestern game at home uh, and Nebraska on the road, those, you could potentially have another loss in there as well. Um, so if they finish seven and a five, I don't think you can say that they're uh, a top five. I don't think that will be top five in the Big Ten overall. Um, so, yeah, I mean, looking at some of these other teams in, in the Big Ten East, I mean, yeah, people forget. Yeah, Penn State started 0-5 last year, but they won their last four games um, to finish four and five. They uh, return a ton of offensive production at their skill positions. Um, Sean, I mean, Really, they were one of the top scoring teams in the in the Big Ten last year. They just really struggled turning the ball over. I would think that Sean Clifford would be able to clean some of that up a little bit in 2020. Uh, Noah Kane will be back. Jahan Dotson will be back. Um, so, I mean, there's a, a lot to like from, from that Penn State offense. And, I, I mean, not as much returning defensively, but I think they will have a bounce-back season. Uh, in Indiana, I mean, I don't think last year will was a fluke. I mean, yeah, they they deserve every bit of praise they got last year when they went six and two. Um, but it's always once you kind of have that breakout season, it could be tough to sustain that. But I think they have some pieces there that that you would like their chances to contend maybe for 
second or, or, or second in the Big Ten East, or maybe even give give Ohio State a run. I mean, I really like Michael Penix at quarterback. Big Ten receiver of the year with Ty Fro- Fry Fogel is back. Um, they added a uh, former five-star running back in Stephen Carr from USC. Um, and yeah, I mean, they lost their best offensive lineman, but have several other starters coming back. They had a former Michigan center, Zach Carpenter. So, and then on defense, they returned a couple All-Americans and linebacker Michael McFadden and Taiwan Mullen. So a really solid core there from, from Indiana. So, I mean, yeah, I think fourth place in the Big Ten East is the most likely scenario for Michigan. You know, I, I had to submit my Big Ten ballot or whatever like a couple months back, and I, I'm really big on Indiana. I, obviously, I don't think they're going to win the East, but I, I do think it's going to be a similar situation to last year where I think they do put up a fight with Ohio State. You mentioned all the guys coming back. You know, Michael Penix is, you know, a, a, you know, an early, you know, potential Heisman candidate based on his, you know, season last year. They have so many weapons offensively, and I think in, in this day and age of and this type of football in the Big Ten where – Scoring is becoming more of a thing, you know, led by Ohio State, obviously. They're, I think, the dark horse here. You know, I, I think they're going to they're gonna be competitive. I think they're going to be good. And I, and I think that's one of the reasons why you've seen Michigan take the, you know, the, the fall they did last year. I mean, they, they you saw what happened when they went to Bloomington. I mean, they, they struggled. They didn't play well. And it's almost like a tale of two different programs going in different directions. I mean, Indiana's, you know, made a, a giant leap the last couple of years. Michigan sunk. Penn State's interesting because I, I, I think they're going to be a lot better than they were last year. Um, and, and they could have been very good last year. You mentioned the turnovers and, and the struggles, especially in the injuries. They had similar situation mm-hmm. in Michigan where they had a ton of injuries and opt-outs. And I, I think they're due for a, a giant leap up. I think they're going to be a lot better this year. I think they're better positioned uh, than Michigan to, to make a jump this year. They got, I think, seven starters back on defense. So there's experience there, too. And I, I think that's where Michigan falters. I mean, Ohio State, I think, is a clear front runner of the East. And I think we both agree on. And then I think it's a race for two and three with Indiana, Penn State. And then you've got Michigan down below. Could Michigan surprise? Sure. They would have to probably win at, you know, at least one, if not both of those Indiana, Penn State games. Indiana, I think, is a little bit more easier because it's a home game and it's mid-November. So by that point, you think Michigan's kind of figured it out defensively. Maybe they they got things going, but then again, and they got a road game at Penn State, another place just like Wisconsin, where they've really had difficult time winning in, in the past, and even with better teams. So I, you know, I'm I'm chalking up the Penn State game as a loss, uh, just like I am the Wisconsin game. Uh, and then you throw in obviously the Ohio State game in the year. I don't think they you know they stand a chance. You know, there, there's three losses right there. So it. it puts Michigan in a tough situation and they've got to win some of these t- toss up games, whether it's a Washington or it's a Nebraska who, you know, look, I, I think Michigan's in a better, better position right now than they're in Nebraska. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Scott Frost has a lot of work to do, but you have to think at some point they're going to figure it out. And it's going to click. I mean, they're in a lot, you know, easy. And I say this with bated breath, but like they are in a lot better of an, a lot easier of a division, the big 10 West there. So there's more room, I think for them to, to make a run. Um, but this year's unique. I mean, Michigan, you know, they don't have to play Iowa, which I think is is a good thing for them. Um, but I think Iowa's going to be right there in the Big Ten West, competing with Wisconsin for that that championship, for that 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 division championship, and that trip to the Big Ten title game. I mean, I, I think the Big Ten West is a lot better than they 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 were just a few years ago. I think they're more top heavy. You got Northwestern pushing, and keep in mind, I mean, Northwestern's got a couple of a uh, couple. They got an interesting quarterback position, or quarterback battle. They got a grad transfer coming in. They got you know Brian Joseph, their their top defensive back back. 
he's one of the best in the country. So there's there's a lot to like there on the West side. And I think that's where things start to falter for Michigan. They still have enough pieces, at least early on. I mean, at this point, we can only go off of what we saw last year and kind of know what, what they have coming back. And look, there are pieces we've acknowledged that Aiden Hutchinson very well could be a All-American type player, you know, first team, all big 10 defensive end, but they need more than that. Aiden Hutchinson isn't going to win them games. Uh, he's a start, but he's he's not the whole you know full course meal. They need other people to step up. They need other players to step up, and that's where the depth and the emergence of some of these younger guys really comes in comes into factor here. At, at this point, I think Michigan is, is definitely a, a better team than than Northwestern. I mean, yeah, they Northwestern won the 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 West last year, but the year before that, they were near the bottom. I think they, they might plummet a little bit. I mean, they only returned 34% of their production, according to ESPN's Bill Connolly, um, which is 126 out of the 127 teams. So yeah, look, they do have some, some nice pieces, like you said. Uh, I just, I think that's just asking a lot for them to repeat their success from last season. I, I think Michigan t- can definitely win that game. Yeah, and I think I don't know. I still think Nebraska's kind of kind of still they've been a disaster, and I don't really see them turning the corner that quickly. And I think the Scott Frost era might be coming to an end here pretty pretty shortly. But again, isn't that going- crazy? Just like the the, the I mean, it's very simple, not very similar, but like he had you know when we first got to Nebraska, it was a very similar story as Jim Harbaugh. You know, former Nebraska guy, quarterback. You know the those. You know, he had success elsewhere. He, everyone thought he'd come in and turn the program around and win a championship or at least get them there. And it just hasn't happened. I, you know, I think Scott Frost is, I don't say fall on his face, but it, it had, he hasn't even, you know, had the success Jim Harbaugh. At least Jim, when you look back, Jim can lean on these 10 win seasons and being a game away from being playing the Big Ten championship. And Scott just hasn't gotten there, you know, even in even in an easier division. Like, you know, I think that the road was paid for him. I mean, he's not he doesn't have to play, you know, Michigan and Ohio State and Penn State every season, every year. And and he just hasn't gotten it done. So I, he, you're right. I, I think he's been a, maybe just short of a disaster, but never say never. I mean, the guy's won. He's shown that he can win. Adrian Martinez is back, who was his guy. Um, so like, I think this is a do or die year for them and it's going to be in Michigan does play them in, in Lincoln on October 9th. I think it's going to be a fascinating game just to see where both programs are at. And I'm curious to see where Michigan's at, at that point, because they, they're just coming off the Wisconsin game in Madison, probably a loss. And they're either looking at four and one or probably three and two at that, at that point. And that, that's going to make that Nebraska game. I think it's just a, a crucial under the radar game for, for both programs. And another thing too, when we're kind of laying out these predictions, it's uh, so much depends on if the game is home or away too. I mean, overall, I think Indiana is a better team than Penn State, but I think Michigan has a better chance on their schedule of beating Indiana just because it's at home and Michigan has really struggled uh, <laughs> at Penn State. So, I mean, it, it's tough to to tell too um, based on home and roads. But yeah, we'll we'll see how how things transpire, but it should be, uh, it's just, there's so much unknown about this Michigan team that it's like, I mean, I'm ready for the games to start just to see how, how things actually transpire on the field. 
Michigan just seems to play better, and our listeners don't need to be told this, but they just seem to play better at home, whether it's a big game or like a mediocre opponent. That that Those are the games where they win. If you think back a couple of years ago, the rain game against Notre Dame, it was a key game they won. That same year they had Wisconsin at home. It was, I think, a top 15 matchup both teams. Mm-hmm. They won that game too. Like Michigan tends to win the big games at home. I, mean, I don't know if it's a comfortability factor. It's being playing in the big house, having their fans in their side. I don't know what it is, but they seem to just show up for those games. Now, last year, the home game against Wisconsin was a different story, but it was obviously a different year, and there really no one, there's no one in the crowd. But right. like, that's I think what gives them the advantage in the in the Washington game, um, gives them advantage. You know, in the Indiana game, the game against Northwestern at home, Northwestern at home, yeah, and the game against Ohio State is a home. I, but I, I just don't see them winning that game at that point. So that certainly gives them the advantage. You know, if they can split those, they'll be in decent shape. Um, but again, it's gonna it's gonna be. Uh, the, the Washington game week two is going to tell us a lot about where the program is and where the defense is, because they'll get, they'll get a week to kind of iron out the defense and figure out, you know, what they have and how they're playing. And then they, they can make those coaches often say that the biggest adjustments are between week one to week two, because they're able to iron out the problems and figure out who's ready to play and who's not. And then you kind of put your best guys out there and let it go. And, you know, Michigan playing at home is it'll be it'll be crucial. I mean, I, I think they have to be at least be competitive because look, Washington is probably going to be a top twenty, top twenty five team. They were I think twenty one in the coaches poll that was released on on Tuesday, so it'll probably be ranked in the AP poll as well. Um, they're going to be a good team. I mean, they they bring back their quarterback, they got all their offensive linemen back. Um, it's going to be a challenge for the Michigan defense. They're going to have their hands full, and it's going to it's we're going to learn a lot about what they have and how they're playing because look, last year it was not very good, and I think. Folks want to just gravitate and assume that the defense is going to be better this year. And look, it may be because, yeah, because just by default, you get Aiden Hutchinson back. Um, some of these guys who played last year are a year older. Um, but I, I do think the new scheme and new coordinator, and you, you will have a handful of new guys in there and, and playing in different alignments. I, I think that erases some of that because they're learning on the, on the fly. Um, you, you don't know how they're going to react the first time they're punched. And, you know, and given that the struggles of last year, you start to wonder when confidence becomes an issue, especially if you're losing games. Look, that's not to say they're going to, because like I said earlier, I, I genuinely think they could start 4-0, um, but that's going to hinge on that playing well in that week two game against Washington. How quiet do you think the big house will be if Giles Jackson returns the opening kickoff for a touchdown for Washington? Oh my God, yeah. That, that'll be, that's going to be a fascinating storyline just out of that game. You know, there, there's so many so many interesting storylines in, in some of these games of, of either former Michigan players or players who burned them, you know, in the past. Like, for instance, look at week three, Michigan hosts Northern Illinois. Rocky Lombardi is expected to be the starting quarterback <laughs> for the Huskies there. Now, obviously, he's not playing with the same type of, of talent around him. But the NIU is is going to be experienced offensively. I think they've got a group of seniors coming back at receiver. So never say never. Uh, but it's just, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. Some of these matchups, you know, and some of these unique matchups. You know, like I said, they haven't played Nebraska in a few years. You know, they obviously got Ohio State at the end of the year, who they didn't play last year. So there's there's just a lot going on. Michigan a game we really haven't talked about yet. The Michigan State game this year is in East Lansing again. Another trouble spot for Michigan in the past. Yes, they have a winning record against the Spartans but they've had a lot of trouble winning in, in East Lansing. So like, we'll see how that goes. You know, I think Michigan state's going to be a better team this year. I still think I had them. I had them sixth in the big 10 East in my, my big 10 ballot. They've obviously got a lot of, a lot of stuff to work out, but it almost seems like whether it was Mark Antonio, whether it's Mel Tucker last year, they get up for that game. This is the, that's the game Michigan state 
plans for all year, wants to win. And, and I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be a similar situation this year. Yeah, very good point. Yeah, we didn't really touch on, on that game at all. I mean, just because uh, talent level wise, you you would think Michigan has the the edge there. But again, when when you get to these rivalry games, especially when Michigan State State is at home, uh, anything can happen. It's and it's and the schedule that Michigan State game is sandwiched between the Northwestern game at home and an Indiana game at home, which is interesting because you know you wonder how Michigan is going to play in that Northwestern game, knowing that Ohio, Michigan State is a week later. And they're coming off a Nebraska, you know, game. So it's it's gonna the schedule is fascinating to me because they've got like, yes, they've got seven home games, and you know, which t- tend to work in their favor. But these these road games are, are tough. I mean, they're they're not. I don't think any of them are really winnable. Maybe Maryland. Other than that, it's like you know, I, I could see them going one and three or one and four on the road. It's it's a very real possibility. Uh, and in that case, I think you're if you're Michigan, you're looking at probably a six and six season, which is probably not where you want it to be. I, I think the goal this year should be seven and five. I think that's where odds makers have it. That's probably where I have it. Once you break down the schedule, a good year for them, I, I think is going uh, eight and four, right? Yeah, I don't think you can say seven and five is a good year. If you like you if you have to reach your goal for a good year, at least or Break expectations. I think that would be eight and four. I think seven and five would be a kind of an expected year and a decent year. Um, but yeah, anything less than that would be a, a major disappointment. Here's my thing. Any realistic Michigan fan should not be looking at this year as, as them compete, a trying to compete for big 10 East division title or beating Ohio state, because I don't think either one is going to happen. If they happen to be Ohio state and pull an upset and then great. I, I think that's the ultimate like win for the year. But I think this year is more about finding yourself offensively. Michigan needs to show that they can do more offensively. They can move the football. They can be efficient and score and put up points and yards because I think we've talked about this before. They, they're going to have to overcompensate for the defense. Defense is going to stroke out the gate. And I think that that's the expectation, but I think if you're a fan, you want to see some an identity defensively. You want to see um, improvement, and you want to be able to see it point to at the end there and say, "Hey, like we got better here, here." Like you know, for instance, at corner, I think that if they can get some improvement there, they can find some depth and find some playmakers at linebacker. I think that that has you feeling good going into next year. I think seven to five has to be the baseline. Anything higher, yeah, it probably is like a winning year. I think that eight forward be great. I think that's like. That's probably like a perfect situation in my in my opinion. Anything higher is like whoa, like crazy. <laughs> and then and then you then Jim. That's I think that's when Jim Harbaugh start. Then folks are going to start talking about Michigan in a good light again. Like they overachieved because look, every it's almost like every year under Jim Harbaugh, Michigan's either been picked to win the Big Ten title or been right there. And it's it almost seems like a disappointment every single year. And this year, the, the expectations just aren't very high, which is. After a year of overhaul to coaching staff and the two and four season they're coming off of, and everyone talking about Jim Harbaugh, this is almost like his perfect scenario where he can surprise some folks and perhaps you know get get an eighth win, seven or you know eighth win, which would equal their worst year, which isn't bad considering if you look at some of the talent they've had in the past. So like they're in a spot here where they can they can surprise some folks, they can overachieve, but to expect them to finish second the Big Ten East, I think it's just it's overzealous. It's not going to happen. You got to put things in perspective. Like Michigan needs to make a, a, a leap. And if you can point, like I said, if you can point things in there and say, hey, they got better here, they got better here, and we're feeling better about ourselves going into 2021, that to me, or 2022, excuse me, uh, that to me is a winning year. 
And don't forget how, how important uh, a winning year for recruiting will be too. Uh, I mean, it's been, been a struggle, especially recently for, for the Wolverines on their recruiting trail. So they can pull out a, a couple statement wins just to, to build some momentum too. That could definitely help them uh, ink a, a better class in this 2022 cycle and, and beyond. Before we go, and uh, I don't know if there's anything else you want to talk about, but like I, I do want to ask ask you this question: Which team do you in the Big Ten do you think is going to be but the worst? Because I, I think there's an obvious answer here, and I, I think I know what you're going to say, um, but I, I want to hear what you think. Uh, I mean, I would have to go with probably Illinois. <laughs> I mean, they, they still have Brandon Peters, though, right? They do, they do, and that, that's what I thought you were going to say. And I think uh, yeah. most folks have Illinois finishing bottom of the Big Ten West. I think they they think that you know they got a new coach. Brett Bielema was in there. The, There's a lot of turnover. There's a lot of changes going on. I don't know. I, I think Illinois is going to surprise surprise some folks this year. Whoa! Now, look, I'm not saying they're getting to a bowl game or anything else, but I I think with they have enough coming back with Peters and they they move that five star quarterback to a receiver. Uh, and be and look, you can you can knock Bielema or whatever, but he's won in, in most circumstances in college where he's been. Arkansas, he obviously struggled, and I think he's in, in a tough situation in the SEC, obviously. But like he's shown that he can win before. I truly believe, you know, don't, don't be surprised if Illinois is very much like the Rutgers of last year, where like like they're 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 competitive with teams, not every game. They're probably not going to win most of their games, but they're going to be competitive, and they might sneak out a winner here or two. I think they're going to be surprised at the Big Ten. So you, um, I, I thought they got like four and eight or something. So I take it you don't think Illinois is the worst team then. So who no, do you have I, is is the I, the basement dweller? Probably Maryland. I I'm not sold on Mike Mike Loxley. Look, they've got some interesting guys play make explosive playmakers offensively. I just don't think he's a very good coach. To, and obviously they're in that difficult Big Ten East division. So I, I don't think they're going to to do much. I wouldn't be surprised if he's got like another year left on and he's he's gone. Uh, Michigan State, I think, could surprise some folks this year. I don't know what to make of Purdue. I mean, I, I really don't. Like they've they've got they've got quarterbacks there. You know, Jeff Brom is a good. I like Jeff Brom a lot. I like what he stands for and like his offense and, and the way he plays. But I don't I don't know. He hasn't been able to figure it out there. I don't know what they do. And Minnesota is another question mark. I mean, they get Tanner Morgan back. They got Muhammad Ibrahim back, who is a potential like all American running back. So they got some pieces there, but I don't know how, how they're going to, their passing games going to look and their defense. last Their year. defense last year was atrocious. Oh my <laughs> God. It was bad. So like you, you wonder where they're going to be. And that, and then obviously where that, that interesting, I'm curious to see where that, you know, puts Nebraska and Northwestern two teams that are very much co- to, uh, coin toss, to, you know, coin flips at this point. Um, you know, the West, to me, the West is almost a little more fascinating than the East. I mean, I, because I think everyone expects Ohio State to win the East. They're probably going to do it. And then it's going to follow in some order of Penn State, Indiana, Michigan. And the West, I think Wisconsin's the front runner. But, like, Iowa very – I mean, we've seen Iowa in the past. They they played well. Kirk Ferentz always has them ready. They always seem to, like, you know, win that game they shouldn't. And then, you know, and then after that, it's like, I, I don't know what to make of the West, the rest of the West. So – this Big Ten season is going to be fascinating. I don't think Ohio State is the runaway favorite that everyone thinks they are. I think they're probably still going to win it. They're probably going to win 11 games. Um, but they've, I mean, you got a question mark at quarterback. They don't even know who they're going to play at this point. Right. And so much of Ohio State the last couple of years has been quarterback. So uh, this Big Ten season, I, I think, is going to be a little bit more competitive than years past. I don't expect Michigan to be involved in like the top half there, but, you know, with a like I'm always cautious because like if this defense can put it together halfway through and they can win some games, 
maybe they finish seven and five, eight and four, then it's like, okay, you, you can look, you know, Michigan's got it together. But after last year, it's like, is it, is it, is it right to do that? Is it fair to do that? Do they, should we, should we, I, I, I don't know. So like, it's, it's going to be an interesting year. I could see them finishing anywhere from six and six to eight and four. No. Yeah. I've, to me, I think, I think Wisconsin is the clear number two in the Big Ten overall. I mean, I, I really like, I love, I mean, they have eight starters coming back on both sides. I think Graham Mertz is going to be a stud this year. Um, I mean, they have a ton of production coming back. And I think with without the COVID, I mean, I guess COVID could definitely play a role this year too. But um, with, with fans back in the stands, hopefully, and I think Iowa lost a lot last year. I mean, I don't think they were as good as their record indicated. Uh, I mean, losing their three starting offensive linemen, their top two receivers, uh, Chauncey Goldston and, and Nixon on defense. I just think they have a lot to replace. I mean, it always seems like Kirk Ferentz is able to do that, but I like Wisconsin big time coming out of the West and potentially possibly having a chance to upset Ohio State in the in the title game. We always want to talk about Wisconsin's offense, and, and Mertz could be very good. He looked good at times last year, and the receivers have been good in the past. Um, but their def- we forget, you know, forget about their defense. It's projected to be like a top 10, top 15 in the country. Like a lot of analysts are, are high on the Badgers D seven stars back. I think I'm counting here. Like they've got a lot of experience there and a lot of guys that play within the system they like to do. So like, it's going to be difficult for teams, you know, that are shaky offensively. And I think that those, again, that's one of those games where Michigan, I think loses. I think it's going to be, be dependent on, a, obviously Michigan's defense and where it is at that point, but it's offense and how many, how much, you know, it's steps that it's take that it takes. I mean, we're, we're expecting K McNamara to make a leap. We're expecting the receivers to make a leap, but how big of a leap is it going to be dependent on their season? Like they could be very good. They could put up a ton of points. They can score, they could score a ton and, and move the ball. And I think that's, I think that's going to determine whether Michigan's like a seven or eight win team. They're going to have to sneak, steal a win where they score a lot and, outscore team just kind of like what we saw last year against Rutgers because I think again I keep going back to the defense it's going to take them some time and they're going to they're going to struggle it's just there's no there's no question about it especially early on uh so the offense in a way is going to have to carry them you know in I think in a lot of these games I mean just talking about the the season's kind of getting me excited already so less than less than a month away until the season opener I'm looking forward to it I'm sure you guys are too and we'll have Plenty more podcasts here before the season and, and plenty of content here in, during fall camp. So make sure to, to check out MLive.com slash Wolverines for all your coverage from MLive.com.